Time to go. Episode 112 of The Brian Oak Show. And here we are in the Smart Start MN studio in South Minneapolis, right here at 48th in Chicago, a lovely part of town in a lovely town. And it's nice to be here once again with Sean. How are you, Sean? I am fantastic. Well, that seemed fake and really overdriven, and I don't know why you're selling it so hard right I'm now. I'm horrible. It's near the end. <sighs> That's all I wanted to hear. It's the holiday season. I like it when things are positive. But you, you came in with an "I'm great," and I, I, I am. I mean, what the hell do I have to complain but you, about? But no, but I want you to be great. And I was worried that I no, wasn't I'm, real. I'm all good. You know, I healthy more or less. I mean, I don't know. I'm fine. Open up a vein. This is a safe place, Sean. This is not this show. Place. Not today. Not now. Oh. So I'm still getting used to our new spit guards here, and uh, I can't. I gesticulate too much, and I guess I have to sit on my hands. If um, anybody wants to look up gesticulate right now, we'll pause the podcast. It, they can pause it on their own, and it's not that big a word. It just means I talk with my hands. Yeah. I've never been caught gesticulating. I know that much. Well, you've never been caught. <laughs> That's true. Never convicted. That's true. <laughs> never convicted. It is the Brian Oak Show, and we're looking forward to a pretty amazing guest today who... Wow. Uh, you know, COVID sucks for a lot of reasons. And um, one of the reasons is there are certain occasions that are very august, very important, that are milestone type things. And the thought of the 40th anniversary of the Lennon tribute that happens at First Avenue every single goddamn year not happening is a heartbreaker. However, it is happening this year. Yes. It's just going to be remote and distanced, like your second grader trying to learn grammar at home on a laptop. I'm glad I don't have a second grader. Oh. You know, <laughs> I think that, but then I also remember like when I had a second grader, she liked to snuggle me on the couch. My 22-year-old, who still lives at home... Not a chance. Not for money. <laughs> not for fucking money. It's not going to happen. Just ahead, we're going to talk to the man who fomented, who founded, who has not only been making music in this town for longer than most people can remember, but is the reason the Lennon tribute exists and now is coming back with his first full-length brand new album in a very long time. Both of these things long overdue. We'll talk to Curtis A. just ahead here on The Brian Oak Show. But first, I woke up late last night and I could not fucking fall asleep. And so what do I do when I can't fall asleep? Do I cry? A little. Of course I do. You know me. I cry all the time. (laughs) There was a little crying. And then once I got over the crying and dabbed my tears (laughs) off my cheeks, I went downstairs and I found my best headphones and I plugged them into the stereo and I started to listen to records because I have a thing for records. I'm kind of a weirdo that way. I really, really, really love records. And the first one I pulled out that I'm like, oh, that's my fucking record. Here's the thing. I quit drinking. I quit smoking weed. I quit all the fun stuff. But somehow the Standells, a brilliant California band that actually had a taste of fame. They were on like the Ben Casey show and the Munsters and all kinds <laughs> of weird stuff. They, they they do a cover of Paint Black. And I don't want to say anything too heretical because it will it will get the, the, the active ones out there. I love the Rolling Stones. And Paint It Black is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant expression of what the Rolling Stones were all about early on. The Standells version 
is a little dirtier, a little sexier, Tell a little faster. Oh, yeah, now you're excited, aren't you? Well, you know. You want me to say it again? Much. Anyway, um, we're not going to hear that, but the Standells, they didn't last that long, but man, oh, man, was it good. And um, someone turned me on to this record at the record store I work at, and um, I thought, oh, $15, really? And I bought it. Might be the best 15 bucks I spent in 2020, and that's where you find this song right here. It's the Standells with Mr. Nobody on The Brian Oak Show. You know, we all love that dirty water. Boston, you're my home, which was not his home. <laughs> in California. But the Standells have a really good, early, dirty, fuzzy catalog. I like dirty and fuzzy. And I feel confident that our guest tonight also has an affinity for dirty and fuzzy, which we'll find out about in about 60 seconds. But first, we have to mention Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN and smartstartmn.com slash Brian Oak Show is where you want to go. Smart Start MN was part of the very beginning of the Ignition Interlock program here in Minnesota. Make a mistake, drink and drive, super bad idea. But if you do it, you can get your life Back on track sooner and for less than you'd expect by going through Smart Start MN. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. They'll give you 20% off the installation 
of the ignition interlock system. Every time I bitch about missing live music mm-hmm. on social media, which I do a lot because I'm kind of a whiny bastard that way, uh, either Ed or Mike from Smart Start will like or comment <laughs> on the post. They're like, no, we get it, Brian. You're sad. But you're also kind of sad in general. But they, <laughs> they understand, and they're on board, and a lot of us miss it. And they're, so they're good people. They love music. They do a good job. Check out smartstartmn.com slash Brian Oak Show. Speaking of live music, one of – so we live in this amazing town, right? We live in this place where um, incredible music's been happening for a very long time. And now it's not. And it sucks. You can watch a lot of it online, and it's fine. But there's that visceral thing, right? Yeah. There, there's that thing about going out and seeing music that, like, the performers enjoy, the fans enjoy. We we it, It's a relationship we have. It's a thing we have. Well, there's an energy and there's a community feel to it. I mean, my, my family, I have a large family. I don't mean just overweight. We actually have a lot of members of the family. But also and overweight. We all would go to this show every year. And I mean, a ton of us would go to this show. So it was like... Okay, the holidays are going to be stressful, but not this show. This show is always wedged between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it's just a fantastic time. It's one of the greatest. It is the annual Lennon Tribute Show, which happens in First Avenue's main room. And the main fomenter, the man who's more responsible than any other, although many have contributed over the years, is Curtis A. And I was trying to think, how do you describe Curtis A. to people? I don't have the first fucking idea. <laughs> Curtis, how do you describe yourself to people? I never do unless, well, gosh. Unless you're asked, which you've just been asked. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. So I, 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 I don't want to put you in a box, but I also don't want to diminish what you've done over the years. I thought about it for a long time. I don't know how to describe you. I'm basically a singer, except... I'm also, I guess, like an entertainer when I put on my gear to be whatever guy I am that night. That's when I kind of become me otherwise. But that's rock and roll. So like yeah. what what you're adorned in is not who you are. Like you, before we talk about the Lennon tribute or the fact that you have your first <laughs> new record in a long time coming out, music has clearly both been your expression, but also... You've been at its mercy for a long time. When's the first time you knew you were at the mercy of music? When's the first time you knew that music was going to be your muse for the rest of your life? That you remember? Yeah. Um, little Richard. <laughs> little Richard. Mm. Yeah. But he was pretty good from what I understand. And, and about the same time, also uh, hearing... Blue Moon of Kentucky mm. by uh, Elvis, and my mom was ironing, and she said to no one in particular, I guess to me, because I was there, I was like four, she goes, mark my words, that boy is going to be big, and <laughs> by big, I don't mean just fat. <laughs> See, that's Nice callback. To, yeah, nice callback, Kirsten. <laughs> we're already there it's so exactly. early in the show we're already just vibing right now <laughs> i also want to bring in our other guest who is a deep ally of curtis known him for a long time played a lot of music in this town in fact you played music with my wife which i'm going to talk to you about at some point here because i didn't know about it 
nothing <clears throat> happened. Okay. What? So you say, John Haga. John Haga, who is better known by literally everyone in this town as Bongo, um, you've got a music shop in Hopkins. You've played for many, many years yourself. And when did when did music find you? When did the music beetle bite you? I blame it on my brother. He would come home from high school and he'd watch American Bandstand. And I was a big Chubby Checker fan at that point. And then... And by big. Big. <laughs> I don't mean fat. <laughs> We're already back. I don't mean fat. Also, I'm, I'm because a Because I was a I'm skinny kind of a, little kid. I'm a no, kind but, of a Chubby oh, Checker but, myself. But, but Chubby was, you know, was a, a tad... You know the one I like the best? Which one? He's he's little known. Porky Parcheesi. He was... I don't know who that is. That's because... Never mind. <laughs> he doesn't exist. He only exi- <laughs> he only existed in Mad Magazine. Oh, so I, I know loved, Mad Magazine. I'm a big Al Davis guy. I like a lot of Mad Magazine. I don't remember Porky Parcheesi. <laughs> I think it was on a Flexa disc. I'm not sure. Sorry. That's I why would you, Here's the thing about the podcast. Sorry, Bongo. There's we nothing hear. to apologize for, <laughs> and there's nothing you can't say. That's okay. B- uh, Bongo, so Chubby Checker, take it from there. The Come motor- on, baby. <laughs> Come on, everybody. <laughs> he might have released, I, I work at a record store now, along with your wife, Bongo. Yes. Uh, I work at a, Chubby Checker might have released 125 records that have to deal with the twist. Easily. <laughs> and then after the, after the twist was starting to die off, he tried to make the limbo a thing. Which also kind of worked. Yeah. I have a story. A limbo, the limbo rock. One time I was playing guitar in a band with John Eric Thede as I was trying to go really far underground. And, but it was a well paying gig. It was a wedding. And they got done doing the chicken dance or something. And somebody <laughs> said, <laughs> Hey, do you know the limbo rock? And of course, everybody went no, and I started going bum 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 and everybody just just glared at me. That was the night that Curtis A really earned his fucking paycheck. <laughs> well done. So you find Chubby Checker and you get into music. When's the first time you pick up an instrument, Bongo? I mean, like, well, your nickname is Bongo, which I'm. It makes me afraid that at some point in your history. You actually were walking around with a pair of bongos. Well, that was my brother's deal. He gave me a set of those little wood strip bongos yeah. with, the, with the goatskin heads. And I played on those while he danced in front of the TV to American <laughs> Bandstand. <laughs> there was already music happening, but he wanted more. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wanted, and, your, he wanted your skin skills. And then uh, <laughs> by the time the Motorola warmed up and, and the Ed Sullivan show with the Beatles, yeah. it was like... I saw that and I said, I can do that and got drum lessons in 66. The teacher wanted me to hold my sticks traditional, which is what Kurt prefers. When you're playing the blues, you have to play traditional grip. Well, I mean, Kurt's a pretty traditional guy. Let's be honest. Yeah. He likes the traditional grip. (laughs) And that's, that's like revolutionary war drumming style i understand no no like uh fife and drum kind yeah, of stuff yeah. yeah kurt kurt when what is your first memory of ever meeting bongo uh, 
That sounded like well, you opening the door of an ancient tomb right there. <laughs> that was wild. I'm, I, I know I, I I saw him around before. Uh, oh, you know, he came to see us, but then I, I went to see him at, at Newt Coupe across from West High when West High was still there I before it was the high rise. But I just... I remember him coming to some gig, and I and what gig I don't know, but he was talkative and hi. You know, Bongo, whatever. do you remember? Well, probably the Longhorn. That was the first time that I saw Kurt, and it was right. It was like, you know, it's it's in print, it's in film. It's like holy shit, this guy, you know. So you can swear. Yeah. Oh, you know, in fact, if you want to continue to be on this particular podcast. Even though you haven't, I did 25 years in radio where I made it 25 years and only swore once. Luckily, there was a dump button. Curtis, I would be honored if you would swear what? on my podcast. But now, but now think about it. Think about the most offensive, awful word. Well, I mean, let's, no. let's not make it terrible. Mm. How about just a simple fuck? Do you want to say the word fuck? Uh, Is that too much? Fuck no. There. All right. Bammo! How did that feel? Curtis, uh, to me, it felt amazing. I hope it felt good for you. Did it feel a little empty, though? Like it, maybe it wasn't really worth it? It was okay. <laughs> Most of the Just, other uh, businesses in here are therapy offices, so that's we try to incorporate. <laughs> that's true. We try to incorporate a little bit of that I hope right that, here in this. I hope that if someone <laughs> is, is recovering in the room right next to us here in the Smart Start MN studio, that they hear us taking the Lord's name in vain and swearing, and yeah. they're like, you know what? It's going to be okay, because well, I'm not those people in that next goddamn room. We don't want to walk out and say we were just doing fuck therapy, because they'll totally misunderstand ah. that we were just meant the word fuck. And for sure, do not put fuck therapy into your Google search. Never do again. Do not do that. Never again. Curtis, I want to ask you, before we get into one of the songs off your new record, because part of this, we're talking about the fact that the Lennon tribute is still going to happen which is kind of miraculous, but also not surprising. And thank God, because First Avenue, even though they fucked me hard, um, they are... <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Um, you brought it up. I, 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 did. I did. I didn't put that on anyone else. That it's, But let me finish my sentence. Even though First Avenue fucked me really hard, <laughs> unforgivingly, and then left right away afterwards. Um, that's my church. I grew up there from the time I was a teenager through my young adulthood, through my old adulthood. That's my church. That's my place. And I love First Avenue. I, Despite the fact that they fucked me hard. Did well, I say that already? I'm, I think we got it. Okay. I, uh, but I, mean, I, I just want to say I, I love them so much. And now that everything's shut down... The thought of a town like this without a First Avenue, sad. It's it's it breaks my heart. It, it's use perfect word unthinkable. So the fact that they're going to do their first proper sort of big time live stream, and it's going to be your Lennon tribute next week. Um, that, I think, is amazing. But before we talk about that particular live stream and hear a song off your new record, I want to know, because I've, I've heard the story so many times from various people, but never from you, that very first night, 
the I mean, because this is the 40th anniversary, 40 years of playing tribute to arguably the third best songwriter of all time. And I only said that to be controversial. Please don't take it personally. I did that to kind of stir up the soup a little bit. But that night, the the day, the day a living legend is murdered, you're like, we're heading down to the place and we're doing the show and this is going to happen that night. I mean, what was that day like? How do you suddenly say, we're doing a fucking Lennon show Tonight, it was the day he died. I do know. <laughs> okay, I was... Uh, well, I hope you do, because nobody else could. I was sitting in front of the TV, and I'm not really a football guy, but Monday Night Football was a new thing, whatever night it was. And Howard Cosell... I don't really like him. So I had the sound Proven off. racist, by the way. <laughs> affirmed racist. Well, Not a, you, a, Howard a bunch of A bunch of old guys were. But that day, I had just purchased the Starting Over album. And I had just put it on. I, I got... Mm-hmm. I Literally, got, before you found out he was dead, you had bought the record that day. That day, over wow. at, over at uh, Orr. The Orfolk joke uh-huh. opus. I remember. And then I went and picked up from Port Arthur some Egg Foo Young and some Chow Mein. How was it? Well, it was great, except right in the middle of it, the crawl comes on the bottom of the TV that says, John Lennon shot dead. Mm. And, you know, I'm I'm listening to the song. It was just like eerie, I think is the correct word. So you're listening to a record of his when you find out he's been unexpectedly and almost mind-bendingly murdered. And then about... Have you eaten Egg Foo Young since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all okay. You can't, you know, whatever. That's a good one, though. Not even (laughs) Lennon's death could ruin Egg (laughs) Foo Young for courtesy. And I'm not oh, trying man. to make little of any of this by any Cause, means because I love this story. I just I like I like the details. I like the little sort of tendrils that come off a of main story. So there you are eating Asian food, <laughs> listening to the record. You see the crawl on the football feed, and John Lennon's dead. So what time of the day are we talking about here? It's it was like seven something. You still put and together it, you know a what? show for that night? You know, it was actually. Uh, it had to be later. It was toward the end of it. Uh, it was odd. Okay. And I got a call uh, from Chrissy Dunlap, mm. who worked there. Mm-hmm. And at the time, <clears throat> you know, it was 1980. is the end of the year. And at the beginning of the year, at some point, my first album came out to rave reviews but I didn't think it was, well, whatever. I, I called it the Franken album. I didn't, you know, like Frankenstein. I, I got you. I, I, to like me, Edgar it was, Winter, it, right? was, it was a lot of stitch work. <laughs> and, but it got some good reviews, got a good thing in Rolling Stone. And, and then for some reason, the whole band broke apart, which is par for the course. 
rock and roll, right? And yeah, and I, I, so I hadn't really spoken to Slim in, I don't know, six months at least. And Chrissy said, yeah, it was six months because we did the show and then I waited another six months and then we got back together. But uh, she called me and she said, you know, Safety Last is booked, but um, Gary Loris had quit prior. They decided to do the gig with Slim, but now they want to play Beatles songs and they wondered if you'd come down. So I said, sure. She says, you know, there'll be no, you don't have to get in a kerfluffle with Slim. <laughs> and of course, who who would want to do that? And we, I don't know if we hugged or anything, but it was all really good vibes. And the first song we did, I, I came down on the bus. I got my guitar. There was an amp down there. And uh, by bus, you mean MTC, like public transit. Yeah, I don't, I don't drive. I'm, well, I'm no, no. But as opposed to like a, a like the bus, like we were on tour. Like you meant you came down on public transit. <laughs> yeah, I you went over and got a that I, don't, six. I don't know about. So in 1980, the night this happens, you said that you and Slim hugged, which is genius. And I know that you and Slim go back a long, long time. I didn't know. So things were strained at that point. Yeah, because I had a mm, a well reviewed album. And then the band broke up, so, you know, and who could say why? Uh, it could well, be the same reason that all bands break up, but yeah, I, good call. I don't really know exactly. But I could it could have been that I was a, oh, you, you can swear? It could have been that I was a giant dick. Yeah, not, I don't think giant dick is technically swearing. I feel, and we're not talking detective. No. <laughs> That would be a gumshoe or a private dick. Am I right, Bongo? Correct. Okay, very good. So anyway, you all come down, you get together that night, and it's night one. And here's the weird thing when that kind of stuff happens. Um, I was too young when that happened. I knew who the Beatles were. I grew up on the Beatles. I had all the records. I had listened to them thoroughly. And so I knew that it was a terrible tragedy that John Lennon had been murdered. But it didn't have sort of the the soul-wrenching impact that it had on a lot of people, but it did that the, night. The, gra- the gravitas, is that the word you're looking for? Thank you for? very much. I appreciate you, Curtis. Um, <laughs> it, it didn't have the gravitas for me that night. Now, I've since come to understand, and I've also gone through some of my own similar situations, but, I mean, it, it rocked people. People are doing candlelight vigils. People are trying to find some way to get their head around this impossible tragedy, and there you are at First Avenue. So do people show up in force that very first night in 1980? No, no. It was, I mean, uh, I think the word got out, but we were in the entry. Oh, you were? In, yeah, it was so the, the first entry. Lennon tribute was in the entry. Yeah, it's oh, actually I several, I would say, uh, at least four or five were in the entry, and it, it's, it snowballed into a thing. And every um, every year, it has been on the eighth, except one year it had to be on the ninth, and it was weird because that was the year that Roy Orbison died on the ninth. It'd be nice during the holidays so, if we could have one positive show. Wouldn't that be nice for me to <laughs> talk about all this death, Curtis? We're going to talk more about this annual show, and I want to learn more about it. 
but I also want to focus on the future and the positivity. And we can only go so long talking before we hear some more music. You have a new record, which when's the last time you put out a new record? Roughly. Well, an actual one, 33 years. Okay, so it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute is what you're saying. The, the first one was 1980. The second one was 84. The third one was 88. Yep. Uh, produced by Big Al Anderson from NRBQ, which was, I, it was originally going to be Peter Holzapple and Will Rigby from the DBs. Oh. And then they, they couldn't, for whatever reason, do it. And... Dave Ayers said to me, well, who would you like? And I laughingly said, well, how about Dave Edmonds? And then we all we all, had, we all had a good laugh. And then he, Dave Edmonds, rock pile, yeah. solo career Dave Edmonds? Yeah, and, and Dave Edmonds is a giant fan of NRBQ, and in particular, Al Anderson. So we went direct to the horse's mouth, and he he was super, and that was fun. And, and Willie Murphy's on the record, and Maurice... Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. So, but it's been 33 years. So, here's a question. Obviously, as a musician, you love to play. Obviously, you love to create. But, and without any judgment, 33 years is a long time between records. Why now? Because the second song on the album is called No Ambition. And just for (laughs) that, I don't, I'm pretty sure... It, this must be true. I'm 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 69, and when Lennon was shot, I was 29, and that's not possible. We've been doing we've been doing the Lennon show for as long as Lennon was alive. He lived to be 40, and now the 40th anniversary is coming up next week. Yeah, and and believe it or not, weirdly, the his <laughs> when the Beatles came out. And then ended, that was like 10 years. Well, that was pretty good 10-year chunk of my life. It was like from, from 13 to 23. And then, you know, I had a few years off, but in that few years, Rand Levy came to me and said, you know what go over great would be a Beatle tribute show. So we started Beatles for Sale. So luckily, and I say luckily, like ironically luckily, Slim and I were some of the only guys in town that were, I mean, it was right place at the right time. I'm sure there's at virtually hundreds of guys that could have stepped in and, you know. Maybe not hundreds. And very at, few, at the at time, least, at least very a couple few dozen. could have stepped in. We're going to talk more <laughs> about that show. This new record, you decide to record, you decide to put together. We're going to talk more about the recording process, who you decide to cut this record with in a minute, but I want to hear this very first song, Lonely Cult of Myself. Jesus Christ, if that doesn't have 2020 written all over it, I don't know what does. Tell me about Lonely Cult of Myself before we play it. My girlfriend Ginny wrote it, and she wrote it before she ever met me, but she wrote it, she says, about... About about you before she met you? No. No, about stuff in general? Yeah. She's over there with the cheetah skin mask on. I see her sitting over there. It's about class, not class struggle like politics, but <gasps> class that, warfare. Eat the rich. No, more oh, more like uh, shit. how loneliness, loneliness affects everyone, whether you're rich or poor. Oh, that's way more classless powerful. and free. Brand new courtesy on the Brian Oak Show. 
maybe a hundred dollars, but you know what? At what price, Joy? Damn it, I have a mouthful of corn nuts. I, That's professionalism know, right there. No, it's not. And when guests come by, they bring certain things, and I didn't realize that the song was that close to ending. It's not like saying fuck on the air. Fuck, fuck, fuckity fuck. But I do have some corn nuts. Uh, oh, great. God damn it. I, Your guest loves you, You know, there was he? a time... When I was among the most respectable people in this business. And that now, was a long time ago. Fuck you, Sean. <laughs> um, that is Sean Bernard, who actually I love dearly. It's the holiday season. Um, it's the holiday season. Curtis Hay is our guest. 
Bongo, John Haga also joins us. Before we get back to them, I do want to mention Buster's on 28th. Except I have too many corn nuts and in you my need mouth. The, Will you please do that? The Heimlich? No. Oh, you, you want me to just do the ad. Okay. Yeah. So Buster's on 28th is on 28th and 42nd. They have a fantastic menu right now. They're focused on curbside to go. Uh, but buy gift cards this time of the year, too. If you know people that love to eat and really enjoy gift cards, <laughs> then Buster's on 28th is the place to go. We need to save these local businesses. Like, they're going to go out of business if we don't support them. So buy gift that cards for family, right family and friends. Get curbside to go and support them as much as you can. Buster's on 28th.com. Whether there's spas, boomerang academies... <laughs> local eateries, anything, now is the time if you have any meat. Like, it doesn't take a lot, but if, like, 200 people buy $10 gift cards, they're like, oh, guess what? We can still have a kitchen that passes inspection next month and keep the lights yeah. on. Do the things that are necessary to keep your... Speaking of small businesses, John... God, you got to look hit that look at the thing. size of this thing it's like yes, it's like a i do have a small business small what is, frisbee what is, what is the is it squash and by small business sorry it's a theme unbelievable <laughs> a clay pigeon no there's like a squash or smash i forget the name of it it's a beach sport anyone anyway <laughs> the these spit guards that you bought are freakish and i now have to sit on my hands again john uh you Hi. have, you, uh, so I work with your wife down the street from your place of business, uh, at Mill City Sound, which I have said numerous times on here. The reason I reached out to Rob when I needed a part time gig was because I genuinely believe it to be the best record store in the Twin Cities in terms of its content, in terms of the volume, in terms of the quality of the stuff that's just sh- sitting in the bins. Most places don't have that, so I love working there. Great to meet your wife. Good to know you. And again, once again, and we still haven't talked about it, you've played drums with my wife. Yeah. Which I didn't know about with, before. With James Loney and his crew. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Hopkins? Jimmy Hopkins, Jimmy Bag of Donuts. <laughs> I love James Loney. I, I've, I've heard both of those things. But you also have a music store right there in downtown Hopkins. My small business. Yes. Yeah. Well small in terms of like it, it's not ibm it's but not it, online i'm not selling online i what? i i prefer not have to you be heard on of the, the internet? internet yeah i have it's it's been a horrific place for music stores yeah. to mm. to to like drop their shorts and make no money at all well, and you know that's i mean rob my boss over at mill city sound he also opted to get offline right we sell our newest stuff and you can buy it at curbside pickup but all the other things we were doing he's like no come in the store and dig through the records much like you probably would like people to come in the store and pretend to know how to play bongos right yeah, I I have people that come because in. once they touch them, it's once a different touch, world. It, it's a different world. And right now, you have to spray your hands when you come in before you can touch anything. Fine, same thing in the record store. Oh my god, I, and your wife knows this better than anybody. But like the amount of hand sanitizer. I mean, like my hands are now like vulture claws. They're not like normal human hands anymore. Sure. But that's because I like to work and I still like to be there. But people touch records a lot. But you got to do it. So you, what's the name of your store? It's Bongos and Buds Music Center. And you can find it online at nowhere because well, apparently Bongo doesn't dig online. There's there's a website, but I don't do anything to it. And there's a Facebook page, 
and I do very little on that. If you'd like to go to Bongo's GeoCities page from 2007, <laughs> you could find it online somehow. You know, it would actually probably be Bud's Music Center at that point. Really? Yeah. They started in 55. I bought it, well, Kathleen and I bought it six years ago. You know in 55 there was no internet, right? Right. And how did the, how did the store stay in business all these years? It's, it's hard to imagine. Oh, I suppose people just came in and bought guitar strings or when I, came in and had their shit tuned up. Yeah, I suppose. When I tell people that, you know, the stores managed to make it without the internet presence, it really flusters these kids. The young people who are like, well, wait, what do you mean without the, how, how would anyone ever know you existed without the internet? Word of mouth. What does that mean? Is that that sounds like a it's, dirty thing. I, I'm going to put that. I'm going like to put that into my web browser. It's a neighborhood music store. I don't want to be a big box house. So, so one of the reasons I love Mill City so much is like there's a lot of people. The reason it survives is because the quality is so good. Because people think Hopkins is somewhere north of Circle Pines, like Hopkins to the people who haven't been to Hopkins, and it's right there. It's right but there. The people who it's, haven't it's been the to Ras- Hopkins. It's the raspberry capital of the. Great upper Midwest, for God's sake. Curtis A., off the top of your head, name a better fruit than a raspberry. And if you taste strawberry, I'm going to kick your ass out of the studio. <laughs> well, pomegranate, but I don't want to seem elite. Are you kidding me? Pomegranates <laughs> are delicious. so elitist. Cleaning one? Have you? When's <laughs> the last time you ever tried to clean a pomegranate? Well, never. I don't clean them. I yeah, just... It's like it's like cleaning a porcupine. You, you can't do it. It's, it's not feasible. Chop it in half and good luck. I'd say, go get it. I'd say Lingonberry. The name. Mm. Son of a bitch. Uh, my, dad is a, my dad's a big berry guy, and I've never had a Lingonberry until about three years ago. And there's some they weird say, standing name. Berry. Once you no, go no, Lingonberry, well, never mind. You never you never go back and berry? What, what do they say? What do they say, Curtis? They're about this long, and there's some weird Scandinavian berry, but a Lingonberry pie... Boy, that sounds dirty. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so dirty. The rock and, and roll breakfast. And you, you stand up with your face purple as shit. Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, anyway, we should probably get back to the matter uh, at hand. So, Curtis, uh, you have a new record, and it <laughs> is available now. It's available soon. It's, when It's available right now at Mill City. And, and uh, I, can I say electric fetus? Can I say? Uh, yeah. There, there is literally not one boundary to what you were allowed to. Here's the deal. I love working at Mill City. This town is filled with incredible record stores. I like Agarda. I like, uh, they used to be Solid State, now they're Solstone. Apparently they're moving into Hopkins because the word's out, that's the new hotness. You know, yeah, that's happening. Um, I, I, the market bears what the market will bear, whether it's artists, whether it's, you know, I know that you, Sean, love to go get pedicures. I mean, you probably once a week, rattle. whether I need it or not. <laughs> and you always need it. Um, same with record stores. There's nothing you can't say on this show, Curtis. Do you get your hooves polished? I do actually. <laughs> First, I loofah. <laughs> Sean's hooves is now the name of my new acoustic side project. It's true, Curtis. The new record is. Uh, it says here, Jerks of Fate. Is that the band? Is that the name? What am I looking at? Autobiographical. Right there? It's both. Wait a minute. You named your new release after the band? Yeah. You haven't cranked out a new record in 30 years and you gave those fuckers credit? Well, yeah, because it's, it's been the same band for that long. Nothing personal, Bongo. None taken. <laughs> Usually what happens is is a band gets a deal. Like, 
I had a bunch of good press, so I maybe could have gotten another deal. And then all these guys were new or not in the band yet. And then, and then we could have learned a bunch of songs and recorded them and then went out and toured, but we did it backwards where we learned them and then stayed in town for 30 years. <laughs> that seems like a minute. And that's, that's, I mean, that's a commitment to a bit right there. That's why what's so funny is the No Ambition song, which you're not going to play, but it, it's, it's funny because that's what the name of the album was going to be. We've now referenced it like three times. Should we not play that song? Yeah, no, have them go buy it to... to to figure yeah. out it's like yeah a, oh look at well, that well we should mention although a lot of people don't like to shop online those of us that do Bandcamp this Friday the 4th 100% of the revenue goes to the artist oh they, yeah so, I remember that yep, on so Fridays supposed, they give yeah. up their 15% yep so Friday the 4th go to Bandcamp and go to Curtis A's page and, and download this album because you get 100% of that revenue not yeah. only that but Curtis A Jerks of Fate makes a great stocking stuff it sure does it does. God it's damn. A, there's, Both Bongo and Kurt looked at me like, like how sad. Why are we in this little room right now? It was so terrible. Is it really, has it really gotten this? It's so terrible. They're like, it doesn't like, come in plastic. Even though we're going to make money, ugh. Who are we it's talking that, It's here? that nice recycling. It's great to have Kurt and, Kirk and, uh, and Binjo here with us right now. <laughs> uh, let me ask a question about this next week uh, with the Lennon show. I mean, so you've gotten used to it. It's become, not rote, but it's become a thing that you know how to do, an artist that you celebrate, and an artist that we should all continue to celebrate to this day. And I love a lot of different music. I think the Beatles remain, they didn't invent rock and roll, but they remain the most important band in rock and roll history. And I genuinely believe that. Um, but... At some point, it became fashionable for today's young people to be like, "I don't really get the Beatles." And here's the deal: I don't, I don't insist that anyone like anything. But like, there are artists, and I'm going to say a couple of very bold things right now that I don't want to derail the show. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, The Who, The Clash. I do not give a fuck. Now, would I be so bold as to say? I don't see what they did or influenced anything. Of course not. You're just not my jam. But John Lennon matters. You're going to do this John Lennon show for the 40th time. What's it going to look like at First Avenue this time? Like, I mean, obviously multiple cameras. They're going to do a pro job. But this is a place that needs to have people in it to stay alive. Actually, this is their first bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. Now, this is something that will drive people nuts. I've never been on a computer either. Wait a minute, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do you not enjoy pornography? Right. Well, I, I like it okay if I see it, but, <laughs> but, but, but not enough to turn out to own a computer, no. You and don't, you've never owned a computer. I've never been on one. I don't know how to turn one on. I don't have a smartphone. Now, see, I, I own a computer <laughs> and a smartphone, and I'm dumb at them, but never owned a computer. There's actually something I kind of and respect I, about I don't that. drive... Well, that part's fine. Driving's terrible. People get killed driving. And if you've got, if you know people, and now in the age of Uber and everything, so you don't drive, you've never owned a computer. Have you ever used a butter churn? (laughs) (laughs) 
I've well, I've yeah, yes is the answer. You've enjoyed butter, <laughs> yes. but you've never actually used a butter churn. No, I've I've used a butter. What about churn. a belt? Have you ever operated a belt before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got one. Okay. Well, look, man, I don't know where the line is, right? I'm eating corn I nuts right now. Years. We need to hear another one of these songs. That first song was fantastic. Oh, We've got to hear God. another one of his songs. I'm That's busy so finding funny. out precisely where the line is on Curtis A's computer. I, they used to call people like me... Uh, Luddites? Yes, thank you. But Visigoths? It's no, I don't think so. I don't like hoods. I mean, I I, I love hoods. <laughs> Wasn't that weird? That was like skitzy. Oh, I don't like hoods. Awesome. I love hoods. <laughs> I like both those things. Let's oh, hear okay. I like black hoods. I don't like white hoods. I want to get it. Yeah, yes. no, I know. Oh, I we do. got it. I totally got it. I just, I just am trying to decide how to respond and not get killed on the way home. Curtis A has a new record called Jerks Away. <laughs> we're going to hear another song off this one, and this one is called... Which one are we going to hear? You're Going to Die Someday. Oh, son of a bitch. That's dark, man. I mean, we are all going to die someday. It's true. I thought about this. I had a dream the other night where I realized, you know, this is finite. The whole thing, the the whole game is finite, right? And you make the best of it that you can, and you decide, especially as you get older and you realize that you've spent more minutes than you have left to spend and you want to do the right thing, but you're going to, so tell me about the inspiration of writing a song called You're Going to Die Someday. A friend of mine died and, uh, and you don't want them to really be gone. So mm. everyone, whether you're religious or not, many people that aren't religious believe in Oh, I don't know, ghosts? Well, what's a ghost if it isn't like a spirit? And uh, most people, you know, the in your brain works by electricity, the synapses and all that. Well, if that isn't your soul jumping around in your body telling you what to do, I don't know what is. So when my this friend, Frankie Paradise, Paul Peterson, mm. he was... Uh, he was in the Explodo Boys mo most famously in town. Perhaps the coolest band name I've ever heard in my entire life, the Explodo Boys. Yeah, way cool, I thought. And um, so when he died, it was just sad. It was the night that Roger Daltrey played the Who show with Simon and uh, and uh, Rabbit and John Entwistle at the State Fair at the Grandstand. It was just, it's just this weird. I just went home and wrote it, and soon after we learned it, and we've been playing it in one version or another. And really, it's not that dark because it's actually kind of upbeat. I think, I think it's kind of, you know, you'll you'll have to be the judge, but I think it's kind of uplifting. Yeah. Let's leave that up to the listener. Here's Curtis A. Some new music. Well, I mean. 30 years in the making, yeah. but some new music, courtesy on The Brian Oak Show.
Well, fuck me, I guess. Man, because uh, that was that was freaking amazing. Two things I have to say, both in a complimentary fashion, although the first one may not come off that way. Of the five people sitting in the Smart Start MN studio right now, Curtis A still has the best hair of anyone in the fucking room. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. Also. Here's the deal, man. Like you mentioned, you're in your late 60s, and you've been making music for a long time. The so latest. Not, I, I, well, <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to put the finer point on it. My point being that, you know, not everybody ages well. I've heard you live and your music on and off for many, many, many years. I don't know if I've ever heard your voice sound that good, man. That was fantastic. That's a really great song. Thanks. Uh, you know, a lot of it, though, goes to John Strawberry Fields. And, you know, the when you asked me, you said, how did the record come about? How did I make it happen? He gave actually, you voice drugs. Actually, yeah. Bryn, Bryn Aarons from Flip. Hmm. We were, were like John pals. Fields and Bryn Aarons in the same sentence. Yeah, because they're, they're sort of <laughs> pals wait. or something. It's a It's a... They got a thing. I don't know. I didn't sign anything, so I'm not really worried. <laughs> and they're so they're so they were so nice to me. I couldn't believe it. First, Bryn a well, couple both years great ago, guys. Yeah, they are. The couple years ago, Bryn asked me if I had any songs I'd like to do, and I say yeah. But then he heard me play with Jerks, and he goes, "Oh, how come we're not doing any of those?" And I said, "Well, that's with Jerks, and you know we're going to do our own album." And so after we did three songs without John, all of a sudden I got a, all of a sudden I got a <laughs> phone call. It was dark and a rainy night and uh, <clears throat> dun, 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 dun. and he said, you want to come in, you know, in a couple of days and do, do something. And so I did. Then we did those, we did three songs. We did two of mine, uh, excitement and no ambition. And then we also did a Beatles song. He said, do a Beatles song for me, so we did that. Which one? Anytime at all. Yeah, that's a good mm. one. I've heard that and one. Yeah, we, yeah, I I like it a lot. Um, So uh, a couple more quick things, and then I want to make sure that we remind people about your John Lennon tribute show, the new record. If I get a tattoo of the cover of your new record on Sean... Will you? <laughs> what? Will will you? No. Shh, let me finish my sentence, <laughs> they, Sean. If we get this tattoo on Sean, bigger than this album size, will you tell both Bryn and John Fields I'd like to have them on the podcast? I love both those guys. Bryn does a show on WDGY. Because yeah, so, he's got his own podcast, doesn't he, or some kind of thing? Who gives a shit? We're talking about know. my podcast, Curtis. <laughs> We're talking about my podcast right now. Everyone has a podcast, I'm, but you I'm know sure what? Most of it. them sound like they were done under a lawnmower somewhere, all right? <laughs> this is professional grade right here. It's, your, your voice sounds professional. Mine, I, you have such Bullshit. a voice. Everyone has Bullshit. told you this. No, dude, that song we just heard right there? Well, yeah, that, that was fucking there's no one. Thank you. There's no one in a five-block radius that could sing that song the way you sang no. it. It was, it was startlingly good. And five block. Not surprising. Well, 
Look, I don't. You know what? Every once in a while, there's some. Maybe it's just particular zip code. No, I'm just saying. Every once in a while, there's some like prodigy no one saw coming around. So I was trying to be reasonable, Curtis. I was trying to be reasonable. My point is this: that sounded amazing, but also John Fields has produced, I don't know, roughly five thousand good sounding records in the last twenty five years. Isn't that amazing? It's yes. It's, I'm so even pr- though he moved out to California. Mike Doty of Soul Coughing, when he went solo, he told me something. He came through when I was still working in Cities 97. He came through, we did an interview, and John Fields has produced his most recent record, Haughty Melodic, or one of those records. And one of his, you know, not too far after Soul Coughing records. And I asked him about working with John Fields. And he's like, John Fields has a mafia-like loyalty to the people of Minnesota. Like, he brought out all these Minnesota artists to perform on uh, Mike Doty's record. He's like, his love of Minnesota <laughs> is not natural. <laughs> and no. I was like, well, I get it, man. I mean, we're all here, right? There's I get something it. in the water or something. I don't know what the heck it is, but, but you know, Prince, to name no beach. one. That guy? No beach and no mountain. You, know, you mean, like, if if for nothing else, Prince, you know. Oh, but there's so much else. There's so much else. And guess what? You're on that freaking list, Curtis. A. Like it or not, you may go ahead and be dismissive, diminutive. When we talk about when Minneapolis music started to matter, yes, you can go back to the trash, but all that stuff from the '60s, fine. When we talk oh, about everybody's head, and it's amazing. <laughs> But when you talk about when, and it never really stopped after that, when you talk about when Minneapolis music started to matter, Minnesota music started to matter, there's no way your name can't be in the conversation, and you can go ahead and be dismissive or demure. Too fucking bad. You're I'm, never, I'm ever, a, ever going to be able to divorce yourself from that particular situation. I'm on a t-shirt with the Joker's Wild and the Castaways. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, from way back when. I just went. Oh boy, he knows what I mean. Bongo knows. We love we love our our local stuff. I when I was a kid, I loved the litter. My favorite band was South Forty. That I loved, litter I loved record the keeps showing up at the fucking record store, and it's always forty dollars. Well, at least, yeah, yeah. A, a lot I was of them, in yeah. the litter. <laughs> yeah, he was in the litter. I'm was, sorry, what? It, he, yeah, he yeah. was. He was like when their twelfth drummer. I, when I was 10, I met all of them because they rehearsed across the street from my grade school. Not a lot of 10-year-olds are invited into cool, groovy, new <laughs> I, garage I sat, bands. I sat between them and got the words to Action Woman. And then in the Hipsters, we recorded Action Woman. And then in 98, when I was 40, I I joined the band and we went to New York to do the show out there. And Was Bill there too? Yeah, Bill was the yeah, bass player. He's Bill is the I, one of the guys that I play with. Bill, Bill Granky, Bill Granky, and I. But I'm thinking I call him Billiard. And then when he plays with me in in Dark Click, it's he's Barley or Chill. We're not sure which one. <laughs> and you get that joke? No. <laughs> no. But somehow when you're like it's Barley or Chill, I don't get it. Charlie but it was- and Bill. Oh, oh I see what you did. we do dark dark click <laughs> is like the chill. stones without without Mick Jagger where Brian got his way. See, oh, but when did that happen? For about three minutes. I mean, no, it's just it only happens in my, uh, you know, <laughs> with my hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> There's 
Again, for the second time on this show, I have to insist that you never apologize when you're on this show. And before we wrap things up and hear our final song, Curtis, will you come back at some point and do this again? Or was this so awful you'll never even think about it? Yeah, if we're if we're all alive in the spring, that would be super. <laughs> Let's make it based on that. I think that's fair. Uh, show of hands of people in the room. If we're all hoping, alive in the spring, we can do this one more let's time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, that's good enough you for want me. Him on his own. I don't know. I was nice to have you in here, John. It was really good. Also, the one thing I want to say you, before we let you go is Bongo is a kick-ass nickname, and I know you play drums and play percussion. I've never had because my last name was Oak. I never had a cool nickname, and poke. No, I'm sorry. Poke, poke, poke is not a cool nickname. Well, I suppose it depends on who you ask. Back in the olden days, now here's the it deal. depends on what state you live in. If, 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 if I said Curtis A started calling me Poke, and I could go as Poke as a nickname, Bongo's a kick-ass nickname. I once briefly tried to get my own nickname started which is not the way you get a nickname going boom goes to dynamite no it was it was popcorn Popcorn. i thought i thought popcorn was gonna be a cool nickname here's the weird thing nobody bit nobody bit shocking how did you become bongo uh it's an ironic nickname i don't play bongos i don't play hand percussion what when what about I, Jambox? That the epicenter of the Minneapolis music scene where I grew up, Nude Coupe on 28th and Hennepin. Right. The owner of the store said, hey, we're going to start doing some drums here. Do you want to be in charge of it? And I said, absolutely. And I said, we should do like a, a separate part of the store and have it the drum shop. And he goes, well, what should we call it? And I said, well, how about we do a Magilla Gorilla, like beatnik bongo We'll call it Bongo and Johnny's Drum Shop. And <laughs> That's I, a lot. And and I I always called Carl Buana, like the Bob Hope Road movies. Call me Buana. So one day we're standing on the counter and Kurt Kurt knows. And and he turned to me and he goes, Hey Bongo. And I turned and I went, Yes, or what? And he and he looked at me, pointed, and he goes, From now on. And that became the thing. I did that to a very, very dear friend of mine who was a trusted ally and who saw me through more dangers than anyone else I've known professionally. He was my engineer for so many years of radio. And one day, out of nowhere, meaning nothing, I'm like, what's up, Juicebox? Eric I. Eric I. And to this, he has a vanity plate on his sweet hot rod that says Juicebox <laughs> on it. So a, a cool nickname, there's nothing like it, and I... The best one I've ever had is, you know, nothing. B.O. You know. Ouch. Ouch. Yes, a lot of people have called me B.O. That's not cool. Bongo Bongo is cooler than B.O. It's right there. It's the first two letters of Bongo. No, no. It's, but also it, 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 my initials might as well be B.M. Ginny's are V.D. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No wonder you go by Jenny. Exactly. I'm so, I'm so sad. B-O, I'm so sorry, B-O, VD, what are you going to do? Hey, Broke. I am so sorry he brought that up. We'll cut that out in post. Okay? Bongo, Bongo. <laughs> ironically, in the movie Help, yeah. the, the priest, you know the one from, you know. Yes. The subcontinent. Beatles. Yeah. I do know the movie. Well, when he, when he sees Ringo, he goes, Bongo, Bongo, remember? I don't remember that, but now 
I, I we could have been that record on. We today. could have been called the Shoes. <laughs> and Shoes ended up being a great band as well. All right, we have to wrap this up because we can go a little over an hour, but after a while, here's the weird thing. Market research. What? Oh. But first, <laughs> let's check in with our producer Sean. Sean, how are you tonight? I'm fine. Okay, and also before we go, you know, sometimes you get so caught up in yes. the moment that you forget certain sponsors. Certainly not Smart Start MN. Certainly not Buster Twenty Eighth. Never. But every once in a while, it's possible to forget that Sean Bernard is one of the sponsors of the show. How dare I? And I apologize openly to That's you now, okay. in front of Curtis yeah. A. Bongo, Ginny, and everyone. Um, you are in addition to part of this wildly successful podcast, also a realtor. I am. Tell me more about that. Well, I will. Look, man, you attach these giant screens <laughs> that could catch meteorites from the sky. I gesticulate, okay? Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Let's try again. 612-859-2594 if you know somebody who's in the market to buy or sell. Sean Bernard at EdinaRealty.com. There. Don't sell yourself short. Let's. We're an hour and 10 minutes in. Let's really explore the space. <laughs> I do actually want to ask you one thing about it. Um, All right. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. No, a real thing. I just don't want to, you know, delay things. Abuse our listeners? Never again. Fuck those people. <laughs> anyway, you know I'm joking. Um, yes. But all the all the advertisements I hear on the air are like, hey, the days of staging your home and doing any kind of preparation are over. Are those people all offering you rock bottom, and that's why, like, you're not getting what your home is worth? What What does that mean? What's that all? You're the expert. Just my opinion, but most of these places are like, we buy ugly houses. That's because they're going to give you the lowest possible amount for your house. And that's what I'm asking. Like, I don't want to clean my house. I don't want to stage it. But cleaning might be nice. You're but- <laughs> like even all the cat puke and stuff. Yeah, like people. I don't know. They just don't really care for that sort of thing. But. No, I mean, here's the thing. I, I have a great story on that, but go ahead. Well, hey, hit your number. Welcome, welcome. Hey, hit your number one more time, and then I want to hear Curtis's story. And then six one two eight five nine two five nine four. That number is also text worthy. Before we get to your story, uh, two things, Curtis. You have a new record that people can get now. Curtis A. Jerks of Fate. Do we go to Bandcamp? Do we go online? Do we go to CurtisA.com? Where do we go to get our hands on this? Because people can stream it. Fuck that. I want people to buy your record. Where do they go? I I brought some over to uh, Electric Fetus. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Record shopping? Well, but honey, where where do they get it? Like if they... Van? Van? Band camp. Band camp. I thought it Jesus was, Christ, you've never was, owned a computer. That's I, amazing. I, I thought it was I the same that. people that sold the beans. You no. mean these corn nuts that I'm eating right here? No, Van Camp. Van- oh, Van Camp. Vander no, Camp. No, 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 no. So but that's Vanderbilt, isn't it? <laughs> Gloria? <laughs> Those are the people with the diamonds and the smelly perfumes. Band camp. People can get this on Band Camp and pay for it. Yes. It's pretty cheap too, I think. All right, so I just, here's the deal. I love it if people even just listen. But in this, especially in this particular era, I'm a big fan of people buying physical copies of music. So since I work at one, go to a fucking record store by all means. But if you can't be bothered to leave your home or you're not cool with leaving your home, 
you can get this without leaving your home, courtesy Jerks of Fate. Your voice sounds like an angel, and it, it, it kind of blows my mind, not because you've not always been a talented performer, but we don't all hold I'm up. so old. <laughs> no. What I was going to say is we don't all hold up as well as you no do, That's Mr. Nice a, yeah. if I do say so myself. Uh, you, next week, on the 8th, uh, are going to be doing this live. Damn it, Sean. I blame you. We're You're taking that damn pop good. filter off. Let's get it off there. Um, you are going to be performing your annual Lennon Tribute, the 40th time you've been doing this, in First Avenue's main room. And First Avenue is going to carry it live. So I imagine you can go to First Avenue. Well, not right now. I'm doing it now. We're in the middle of a show. It doesn't matter. We can do it. <laughs> <sighs> That's why you won't hit it. Like, Here, I'll just tell time. you what's going on. Uh, you know, it's the 40th anniversary, so... My idea is to do 40 songs. So we got two and a half hours. It starts at 7.30, 7.30 to 10. Okay. And uh, I, I, we're going to try as we as hard as we can without speeding them up. Who else do you have coming by? Is it just going to be you and your band, or are there other people uh, coming by? The Jerks, without Jeff, uh, Bill is taking his place. We got a couple other guys, Paul Cassidy. Oh, Jeff's great. Jeff Wilcombe is great, mm. but he's he's a little frightened of of the COVID, and mm. it's not like we all. And that's aren't. not that's not an unreasonable take. I have a no. few friends who will not come into a place like this. Will not do what we're doing right here because. And you know what? I can't get mad at anybody who is like no, because you know what? Global pandemic. Rather not die. Right. Shows are great, and I miss them. But I'd rather not die. I can't be mad about Speaking that. Speaking of global pandemic, also, there's Greg Inhofer. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> nice I don't know what that means. Why is no, that funny, it Mongo? It doesn't mean anything bad. It just is funny. Not anything just, bad, but the way just, he hit you and looked it, at you, what does that it, mean? It was a terrible, what do they call him? Transition. It's the worst. Segway. It's, it's segue. Thank you. It's the worst segue I could ever imagine. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he... He can subscribe to this or whatever however you get. How do you get it? How do you, you just listen? You go, you go online. You say uh, if you pick up your phone and go Brian Oak Show podcast, it'll take you to the place you can really? find. Really, it. it's super simple. I know you've never owned a computer, Curtis. No, I do have a remote control though, and I I, I know that if I say Justice League of America cartoons, it, it, they will come up. That's magic. I wish I'm, that I could I'm figure stunned. out a way. To pick up the remote, and if you said Ancient Aliens, it would take you to the Brian Oak Show, because that's my single favorite television show is Ancient Aliens. All right, we have to wrap up. We're going to go. Curtis, we'll, t- we'll talk about that next time. Oh, we certainly will, because as ancient alien theorists speculate, the answer is a resounding yes. Sean, <laughs> get some Christmas shopping done before I see you next time, all right? It was nice to meet you all. Yeah, nice to meet you. It's been great watching you all these years. And yeah, no, man, I, I, know I wish I could be there feet. live. I, I know you're dragging why your feet on Christmas why shopping. Why can't Brian and I just be 10 feet apart and come and watch the show? And Steve Bransig, who's <gasps> there, and we, Terry we, Isaacson. If we come next week. And, 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 and David Boquist. What if I told oh, What if I told Sonia I was really, really sorry? Would she maybe let us come? <laughs> You know what I think? I think forgiveness starts with with both, and I I don't really know anything about it except I do know some about it, and uh, you know they forgave me. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, 
That was the best response that ever. Gonna get out. Like, look, I don't really know anything about, but I know a little better. <laughs> like you were falling off a cliff, Curtis. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I Son just, of a bitch, I'm fucked. I'm never getting back into First just, Avenue again. No, is what I'll, I heard I'll, right there. I'll, I'll intervene. I'd be glad to intervene if I have any suck. I, I, I was sad that that uh, a, a, a month ago or so, Alan Fingerhut died, and and yeah. if he hadn't have forgave me, forgiven me for spitting on him, then then I would have never played there again. And, you know, how can you end the show with that kind of a tease? Now I have to ask you about that. We don't have time. It's, it's, it's a minute 20. We have to it's end. The, it's in the First Avenue book. About you spitting on Alan Fingerhut? Right. Then we'll all go there and, and take the, a look at the, it. The Ryman Schneider book's got the, the story about Wilson Pickett. Oh, that guy. The amount, oh, yeah, no, that's all the press he gets on this particular podcast. Oh, I love him. I'm sorry if you don't no, like him. No, I do, too. He's just such a bad boy. I can't I can't seem to offer him enough to get him to come on the podcast. Oh, I was talking about Wilson he's Pickett. Part he's part of the dead. press. Well, no, yeah, no oh, Wilson Pickett oh, is Ryman dead. Schneider. Is that, is, that how you, is that how you pronounce it? Remus, sure. Remus Schneider is I what always, I always say, <laughs> but I don't really care. Um, Ramen noodles. No, he's... But, <laughs> Bongo, thank you very much. The guy from the paper. Yeah. Which paper? Chris, Chris R. Oh, yeah. From the paper. Chris Deeper Rupenschnaufer. He doesn't kiss my ass. He's super, he, you know, we're just like, oh, okay. how's it going? He doesn't kiss anyone's ass. He thinks he's writing for the village voice. <laughs> anyway, it's time to wrap things up. Bongo, thank you very much. Thanks a lot for having thank me. Thank you, Bongo. Gladly. Jeannie, nice to see your face. Nice to Mr. see you. Mr. Curtis A., I am... I'm honored that you decided to come into the Smart Start MN Studios. Thank you very much. You have a brand new record, Jerks of Fate. It can't be missed. Go find it. But actually pay fucking money for it if you're going to go listen to it. Because Curtis A. And this coming week, you are going to be doing a live stream. You can go to First Avenue to find out more of your 41st. Because I did the math wrong. If John Lennon died in 1980, then 1920 is the 41st, the 41st annual Lennon tribute. And yeah, um, 20, 2020, we one year though. It's our 40th time at the First Avenue building. One one time, one time was at Goofy's Upper Deck. What sort of thing is that? Is it like a Chi-Chi's or uh, a TGIF or what? You know, it, I think it's torn down. It was. Uh, well, it was a strip bar above a barbecue place. I know exactly the, the perfect, what it was. I was the, fucking around. Oh. <laughs> I was fucking around. I know their what their taco bar. Was. Wow. <laughs> oh. What did you just say? Wait, can you, you you really can be dirty here? Because one time I I was playing. I went up there to to. I was playing. I was playing a gig, and at the end of the night, I went up to get paid. And the guy that was counting out the money is. You know, he's he's looking at me. He's got this kind of funny look, and he's kind of, you know, and I and I look over the bar, and he's getting a blowjob while he's counting the money out. Oh my goodness! Now I had at Goofy's, yeah, upper the upper deck. <laughs> well, clearly, I mean, you always upper deck it, right? But I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. How many you times did what? he start over? You said with the I county? don't. Fifteen five times. Okay. <laughs> what okay, I'm you're saying right. Actually, is, five was it's right. not that I don't approve. It was just a little, just off-putting. I, I wasn't expecting. It wasn't. Usually, <laughs> usually, when you go to get paid, the person handing you money is not getting a beach. And 
And then he says to me, you want one? I felt like, you know, later when I saw The Sopranos, I went, whoa. <laughs> it's like I have a twin. Yeah. Curtis, thank you very much. Sure. Lovely to see you. Sure. I had no idea we could dig that deep. Oh, my God. Best podcast ever. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Um, I, w- I spent a lot of my afternoon listening to records, and this is one of I listened to, and now the story is so lame compared to that story. Why was I never at Goofy's Upper Deck? I don't know. Here's the Swedish band, Shocking Blue. A song called Send Me a Postcard <laughs> to wrap up the Brian Oak Show.